thank you, Lord. God, we thank you this morning for your love, your incredible love. God, a love we're so grateful for that you love this world so much that you sent your son Jesus into the world, ultimately to die on the cross so that we could stand here this morning and know forgiveness of sin and right standing with you. God, we thank you for that love this morning. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we look to your word today, God, whether we're visiting this morning or whether we're on cross-cultural ministry somewhere in the world or whether we call Christchurch home, we pray this word this morning would speak into our hearts, would even begin to equip us for this year ahead. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. You can grab a seat. Well, we're one week into the new year. How does that feel? How's your first week been so far? I, um, I've been a good boy so far this year. I'm doing well. Seven days in, I'm doing really well. And, uh, but it won't last, I can promise. Um, is your year going okay? You're doing well. That's good. Hey, um, I reckon in this room this morning, if I was to say we are the church, I think most of us would understand the truth of that, wouldn't we? That the church is not a building, but the church is people. I think most of us here today would have the understanding or the revelation that that is true. That we, you and I, are the church wherever we go. Is that right? Wherever you go. When we have that revelation or the understanding that we are the church, the truth of that is what begins to shape how we live our lives. Is that correct? begins to shape the outcome. It begins to shape how I operate from Monday even through Saturday is the understanding that I'm not just the church on Sunday. I am the church all the time. This morning is the church gathered. Is that correct? And tomorrow or later this afternoon will be the church scattered. But we're still the church. And the church is you and I. You see, that truth causes us, when we have it as an understanding in our hearts, it causes us to be effective and seeing the kingdom of God extended through our lives. As I look at 2018, 2018, that's my heart's desire. And I pray it's your heart's desire too. Lord, I want to see the kingdom of God, your rule and your reign extended through my life this year. Does anyone else want that through their life? That should be the desire of every one of our hearts as followers of Jesus. But so much about the kingdom of God and the way that God's people live is countercultural to the world that we live in. Is that true? And I want us to look at three aspects this morning of what a culture, what, what it is it to be a, a child of God and to see the kingdom of God expand through your life. Three things that I believe will bless you this morning. Do you want to know what they are? Surrender, sacrifice, and service. Now, when I say those three words, instantly I think you can say, yep, I can agree with that. Sacrifice, service, And surrender are three parts to living as a child of God and a follower of Jesus to see the kingdom of God expand through my life. They are characteristics of the church and the lives of those who follow Jesus. I picked these three because I believe, in fact, they are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. And in operation together, they are a powerful combination. But if you live with just sacrifice and service without surrender, you, became a can- you become a candidate for struggles in your faith journey. This morning, 
right at the beginning of 2018. I feel this is a good reminder for us as followers of Jesus. We need to live lives of surrender, sacrifice, and service. Let's have a look at the first one this morning. We'll look at them individually, and then we'll look at them collectively toward the end. The first one this morning, surrender. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Now, surrender begins at the cross for all of us with this understanding that Jesus Christ has died for us. And it's an acknowledgement that he is, in fact, our Savior, and we first need to surrender our lives to him. That's the beginning stage of surrender. But that is not the end of surrender. In fact, it is only the beginning. Surrender for us as followers of Jesus is a daily choice. Have you got that in your heart? It's the understanding that though Jesus was and is our Savior, we've also given up control of our lives and made him Lord. So yes, he's Savior. He died on the cross for us. He saved us. But he's more than just Savior. He's also Lord of our lives. And surrender on a daily basis says, guess what? He's Lord of my life. Yes, he saved me, but I've made him Lord. We've surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In other words, you are no longer the Lord of your own life. Is that good news? However, it will be a war, won't it? Your flesh and your spirit will wage war for who will be Lord of your life. Have you recognized that in your own life? It doesn't come easily. You have a flesh. You have a natural life. You have a heart that says, I want to be Lord of my own life. I want to be in control. Probably none of you have that. It's probably just me, so I'll speak to myself. I want to be in control. I want to be Lord. Yet my spirit knows that I need to bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But my flesh does not want to do that. And it will go kicking and screaming. Our soul, when I say our soul, what do I mean? I mean our mind, our will, and our emotions will battle with our spirit over true surrender. You're going to face that in 2018. Most of us, probably all of us, have faced it in 2017. My natural life, I want to be Lord. I want to, I want to lead. I want to be in control. As opportunities arise in my life, the opportunity for promotion or power or success or control, your flesh wants to be Lord. Your spirit yields to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but your flesh wants to lead and wants to be in control. We like choice, don't we? And guess what? God gave us free will. I love that about God. It's a remarkable gift that God has given us. So it's our choice. It's our will daily to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It doesn't just come naturally to us. We choose on a daily basis to surrender our hearts to him. Look at Matthew 18, verses 1 to 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. That's good, isn't it? We're called to be like children, have faith like the little kids. See, God's desire is your complete and total dependence on him. But your flesh desires independence. Children are completely dependent on their parents and under their instruction 
discipline, love, and care. Well, at least that's how it's meant to be. Children are meant to be under their parents' leadership and, uh, and discipline and love and care. It's not always the way it seems to be, but it's how it's meant to be. Children take on the family name and the culture and behaviors and interests of the family. They learn from watching and listening. Ever had a child repeat something back to you that you didn't want to hear that they heard you say? I never have. I just wonder if it's ever happened to you. Listen to the battle. Galatians 5 verse 16 to 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I look at a parent and child relationship in relation to that scripture, and you may wonder, well, how, how do you draw that out? Well, the parent's meant to be the one with the wisdom, the leadership, the understanding. This is how we're going to do it. But the child thinks, your children don't, just my children, think, hey, I'd rather do it this way. I don't want to do it how dad says to do it. And when that happens, it begins to create a conflict of wills. Do you understand that? The child wants to do it one way, but the parent says, hey, hey, I know better. You should do it this way. It's like the battle between the spirit and the flesh. It's a poor analogy, but it's the best one I've got. It's this war and conflict that begins to happen when two wills are in battle. That's what happens on the inside of us when our flesh and our spirit wage war against one another. Our spirit knows the wisdom and the right thing to do. It knows what the the right choice is to make, but our flesh does not want to bow to our spirit. It wants to be in control. It wants to lead. It wants to do something for self. And so there's this tension between the two. So we surrender to the will of God for our lives. That's our choice. And we've got to do that each and every day. Jesus is the Lord of our lives and we choose to surrender to his lordship. So that's surrender. Here's the second part, sacrifice. It's not a word we necessarily like in our culture or in today. It's probably not a word that anybody's ever really liked throughout human history. But look at John three sixteen. You know it well, I know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God himself models for us sacrifice. He sends his son, his one and only son, to the earth. Why? Well, the reason is he would ultimately be the sacrifice upon the cross. But the why is that, and many live without this revelation, is because God so loved the world. That's the reason. That's the why behind what God has done, because he loved the world. You see, the truth is this, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. You sacrifice for what you love. You sacrifice for what you love. What you are sacrificing for now is what you love. See, God so loved the world that he sent his son, who ultimately would sacrifice his life as payment for our sin. Jesus would sacrifice his life for the will of his father, He would die for our salvation, redemption, and restoration. Here is the truth. You and I were also designed for sacrifice for the benefit of others. Our sacrifice has often been polluted as we sacrifice for our own personal gain. I will sacrifice for something that I need or I want 
or I deserve. And, and it's not a biblical sacrifice. It's not a wrong sacrifice. It's just not the kind of sacrifice that God's looking for, for followers and followers of Jesus. The sacrifice that God is speaking to is a sacrifice for the benefit of others, for the blessing of others. And yet somehow in, we've been wired for sacrifice, but we very quickly get this polluted understanding of what sacrifice is. A true sacrifice is one who sacrifices for the benefit and love of others. I have appreciation for parents here today. Being a parent myself, I understand the sacrifice now that parents make for their children. And they make that sacrifice because they love them greatly. It's not till you become a parent that you recognize the sacrifice your own parents actually made for you. Parents go without. Parents make sure their children are taken care of. That's the kind of sacrifice I'm talking about this morning. It's the sacrifice that says I'll put personal gain in the back seat in order to be a blessing to my children. But here's the reality of that kind of sacrifice as followers of Jesus. It's not just for our kids, it's for everyone. That's the kind of sacrifice that we're talking about this morning. See, we sacrifice for what we love. God sacrificed for the world that he loved by sending his son Jesus. Is there anyone grateful for that sacrifice this morning? See, that's how we have been designed. How do you know this, Carl? Well, great question. Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. If you were made in his image, you were created to sacrifice for the benefit of others. Living for self was not how we were designed to live. This is where the spirit and the flesh wage war against one another. We've been created, spirit, to sacrifice for others. But my flesh does not like sacrifice. Does yours? Probably I'll answer it for you. No, it doesn't. Your natural life doesn't necessarily enjoy sacrifice, but your spirit has been designed and created for sacrifice. But there's a challenge between those two things. Selfishness comes through our fallen nature. Sacrifice has always been part of man's relationship with God. In the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, there were numbers of different sacrifices, and I want to have a wee look at some this morning. The first sacrifice we see is the atoning sacrifice. Leviticus 16 is the reference. Sacrifice accomplishes atonement. Another word for that could be reparation or payment for. But note, it was always atonement for people because of their sins, rather than atonement on behalf of sins. It was not the sin that needed redemption, was it? It was the people. And there were 12 occasions where atonement sacrifice was not performed for people but for temples or tents or places of meeting. But 140 recorded occasions where it was a sacrifice for people. That's atonement sacrifice. The next one is daily sacrifice. God himself in Daniel 8 had appointed this sacrifice because of the rebellion of his people. Two lambs would be sacrificed, one at dawn and one at dusk for a period of 2,300 days. It was a mode in which acceptable worship was to be offered to God by guilty men. Is anyone thankful that they don't have to do the daily sacrifice like that? The language of sacrifice actually pervades the whole of Scripture. Here's the third one, burnt offerings of sacrifice. 
This was a sacrifice wholly consumed by fire on the altar, and the whole of which ascended in smoke to God in heaven. The meaning of the whole burnt offering was that of which the original idea of all sacrifice comes from. Offering of oneself, soul and body to God. Offering of everything. In other words, submission of our will to the will of God the Father. Here's the fourth sacrifice. Living sacrifice. This is in the New Testament. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In view of the sacrifice made for all through Jesus Christ's death, we offer ourselves in response as living sacrifices. We do not conform to the patterns of this world. In other words, we do not live by the flesh, but we live by the Spirit. That is the sacrifice that we may know God's perfect and pleasing will. Here's the third area this morning I want to speak to, and that is service. So we have surrender, we have sacrifice, we have service. Romans 12, verse 3 to 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. See, we each have a part to play and a role in service to God. Do you get that this morning? God has gifted you. God has given you a grace on your life that was never meant to be just for you. It was designed to be in operation with others and for the blessing of other people. That's the grace that God has placed on each of our life. But again, in the world that is perverted, we live in a world that is all about self and it's driven for self. What can I gain from the gifts I've got? What can I get from the talents I've got? And that is not a biblical understanding of what we're looking at this morning. A biblical understanding is my gifts, my abilities, the grace that God has put on my life is to bless others and it's to work in community together. I, myself, Carl, don't have all the answers. I don't have all the gifts. I don't have all the talents and I know you find that hard to believe. No, you don't. I can tell by the response in the room. But I don't have all the answers. We need each other. We need community. The body of Christ needs to be together to be effective. Your gift complements my gift and so on and so on. Every one of us has been given a gift and a talent and an ability to be a blessing to others. And if we're going to see the kingdom of God expand in the earth, it takes all of us, not just one of us. My gift's okay, but when I put it with your gift, it's even more effective. It's for the benefit of others. See, there are no sleepers in the body of Christ. No one gets to drift or just come along for the ride. That's confrontational in a sense, but it's the truth of who, 
how God has made us. No one just gets to cruise along. Your gift was never given to you to just chill out and just attend and just cruise along. It was given to you to be a blessing to others. We all have gifts to use and parts to play in the extension of the kingdom of God. No one is better than another, but we all need each other. To see the kingdom of God advancing, we need the whole body to move together, serve together, work together for the same outcome, to make fully devoted followers of Jesus. We need each other, and each one of us serves the Lord and serves him only. That's the driving force. That's the heart behind our service. The reason others get blessed is because I serve the Lord. That's the heart. Let me give it to you in Scripture. Matthew 4, verse 8 to 10. This is speaking of when the devil took Jesus and and tempted him. He was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. We see it in verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We know we are called to serve the Lord, don't we, as followers of Jesus, and to put away the other things that call for our attention or our service. This is what Satan wanted in verse 8 of this passage in Matthew 4. He wanted Jesus to worship him and serve him. He tried to entice Jesus with all the kingdoms of the world. In other words, I'll give you power, I'll give you authority, I'll give you prestige. I wonder this morning if something is trying to entice your service or has your attention other than the Lord Jesus Christ. What are your eyes looking at for 2018? See, it's the constant battle of the flesh. It is power or is it fame? Is it money? Are you standing on mountains and looking at the kingdoms of the world and hearing the enemy ask you for compromise, whispering, just give in to me? Come on, you deserve it. You can have all these things if you just give in. So you were created to serve God and Him only. And here's my challenge and encouragement to you today. Don't give in to the ways of the flesh in 2018. Let this be another year where you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, knowing that all these other things will be given to you as well. That's the challenge. So as a church again this year, we surrender, we sacrifice, and we walk in service to the Lord. All three parts of the li- are parts of the lives of every believer, the church. I believe we need all three in operation in our lives together. We can't have sacrifice and service without surrender. Without surrender, sacrifice and service can leave us feeling misused, tired, or worn out. In other words, did they not see what I did? Have they not seen all the hard work I've been putting in? Nobody seems to be noticing what I've done. And and all of a sudden, I'm not getting affirmation for the amount of work that I'm doing, but it doesn't matter when you walk in surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's nice to get some affirmation. It's nice to get notice. We all need it. We all want it. And we should have it from time to time. But when we serve God and we walk out of a place of surrender, we're willing to sacrifice and serve others. It's a part of who we are. Luke 10 verse 38 to 42. 
I'm coming towards the end. Just hang in there. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, you'll know the story well, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. If sacrifice and service become more important than surrender, we very quickly get everything out of balance. We serve and we sacrifice from a place of surrender. I'll finish with this story, one of the whose image we bear. It's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's found in Matthew 26, verse 36 to 39. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. There's a powerful word in there. Did you notice it? It was a small three-letter word called yet. And for many of us, we need the yet in our life. This is the battle between flesh and spirit. See, even Jesus understood the tension in the battle. He was about to endure the cross and suffer a cruel death. And he was going to suffer separation from God the Father. And there was a battle because he's now faced with this incredible suffering. But he says, yet... Not my will, but your will be done. That's the heart for each and every one of us that we need to carry. Remember, you were made in the image of God. Here we see Jesus surrendering his will to the will of the Father. It took the surrender for him to be able to complete the sacrifice and the service. This was not easy for Jesus. And this task was incredibly overwhelming. Can I just invite the worship team just to come back? Sometimes the task of surrender, sacrifice, and service can feel overwhelming to every single one of us. But you were created for this. You were made in the image of God. And he is waiting for us to daily surrender our lives to him. There is a battle There is a challenge. Our flesh does not like daily surrender, but our spirit does. And my encouragement to you this year is to make sure that it is a daily choice. I don't know about you, but I have to do this. It's not always easy, is it, to serve and sacrifice and give and go without for the benefit of others. It's a difficult thing at times, but it's got to come from a place of surrender. Because when it comes from a place of surrender, guess what? We're willing to do it. Surrender on a daily basis. Don't get caught up being Martha that you forget to be Mary. We walk in obedient surrender to the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you today 
that we have been made in your image. We thank you for your incredible sacrifice that came from your heart of surrender to the Father's will. Lord, it is our desire to continue to live lives that reflect who you are to this world who desperately needs to know you. It's our heart to walk in surrender, walk in sacrifice, and walk in service this year. We might live lives that reflect who you are to others wherever we go. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray you would just take this word that I've shared this morning. Just seal it within our hearts. God, it is our heart's desire as the church to see your kingdom extend and expand in the earth. We take John 3.16 again in our hearts that you love this entire world. Your desire is that none should perish. God, we want our lives to reflect who you are to a world that so desperately needs to know. God, the way that we sacrifice, the way that we serve will make a difference in many lives. But God, we recognize it comes from a heart and a place of surrender. Would you just stand with me this morning? Lord, just from the get-go, the start of this year, from this moment, God, we just surrender our hearts afresh to your will. Lord, we know we've heard many messages on the mission to reach this world, but it comes from a place of surrender. So Lord, this morning, in this moment, the first Sunday for us this year, we just set our hearts again on fresh surrender to you. We say, God, here we are. We're willing. Our flesh is weak, but our spirit says yes. And I pray this year, God, we would say again, here I am, Lord, use me. God, I thank you for the many, many gifts and talents and abilities you've placed within each one of our hearts. That God, as we would use our gifts and our talents together, we truly would see the kingdom of God expand.